Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash randomtpodcasts. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Random Tea Random Miniseries Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're talking about Houdini and Doyle, Season 1, Episode 7, Bedlam. Dun, dun, dun. You have been waiting for this episode. I have. Like, it fascinates. Bedlam fascinates me. Asylums fascinate you. They do. They really do. <laughs> They're not that much fun. I they know. They really aren't. But it's not even all asylums. It's that time period. That's true, Victorian era. Yeah. Where, like, science was still kind of like, we'll just lobotomize you. Yeah. It'll be fine. And there is a lot of crossover with what's supernatural, what's, mm-hmm. yeah, what's science, what's beliefs. Yeah. What, yeah. Because we had some crazy so ideas with medicine back then. Oh, God, we did. Yeah. I'm glad we've come such a long way. Yeah. But I but uh, I thought this was a I thought this was a strong episode. I don't want to say it was a fun episode because it was no. not fun. No, it was, it was not. painful. Yeah. Um it was a strong episode. It was. It was. Journey into the center of Doyle. It was. Yeah. Well, we've learned a lot about Houdini. We have. I think it we was have. time to uh to dive a little to Doyle. Yeah. Um and not just the Tui angle either. True. Yeah, more about him himself, not just about his wife and family. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. All right, you ready for writer-director? Hit me with it. Okay, uh, our writer this week is uh, David Titcher. Okay. Who is also the creator. Yay! He's the, if you remember way back in episode one, we talked about he's the one who wrote, he's the creator of the librarian. Oh, I love him. Stuff. So, um, he's credited as the creator and the writer for this. He's, he's credited... As a writer slash creator on all the episodes. Okay. So he's credited on this one twice. Okay. As creator and writer. Um, so our director is Robert Lieberman. Okay. Who is longtime director. He, okay. He's been around. He first directed back in the uh, early 80s. Okay. Um, but he's, uh, he's uh, directed this episode and the next one. Oh, okay. So we got two in a row with him. Uh, he's directed an episode of Falling Skies. He's directed six episodes of my favorite, Haven. <laughs> I hate watched that thing. She hate, hate watched, watched it. it so hard, guys. I did. I bitched about it every time I, I watched it. I would get it. random texts about it. God, these fucking idiots. I hated that show. <laughs> I had to see how it... It was great to start. <laughs> Ended badly. Uh, he directed some episodes of Lost Girl... He directed an episode of Eureka. He directed Very a, sci-fi guy. He directed a couple sci-fi episodes of Dexter. He, uh, The Dead Zone, he directed five episodes of that. He directed an episode of X-Files. Wow. He directed uh, The Mighty Ducks, the third one. Oh, my God. Uh, now we're getting back into the 90s. He directed some Gabriel's Fire. I mean, he goes back. Yeah. All way back. So, uh, 30-something. Wow, that's I'll be reaching. Home for Christmas, 1987. Oh my gosh! So we've got a very strong. He's been around a long time. Yeah, um, director dude. Director dude. So you could feel it. Yeah. In this episode, this is a man who has experience in how these things feel. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of emotion. There, there was, this. and I thought it was really well done. And you've got to give credit where credit is due too, because. Um, what the fuck is his name? 
not Michael, but the other guy, Stephen. Stephen. It and and I was very happy I to his see. Name. I didn't feel like they were taking pot shots at mental illness. No. I didn't feel at any point like they were making fun. No, I didn't either. I think they were poking more fun at uh, possession and supernatural yeah. than they were at Anything else. Uh, actual mental illness. They took yeah. it very seriously. Um, very sciencey. Yeah. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah, the way Stephen portrayed Doyle's sadness oh. in this episode was very heartbreaking. Yeah. So, But it was well done. Yeah. Heartbreaking, not yawn. It wasn't kitschy and no. kind of cheesy so you ready for a recap yes recap my ass so we start off this episode as we do with all episodes the victim (gasps) so a woman goes to a church and she's in the confessional booth so you know this is going to end well and she tells the priest that she feels darkness all around her and it compels her to do shameful things and a bunch of other bad stuff sounds like fun and the priest is like no it's gonna be fine it's going to be fine. Yeah. And you're going to be fine. And she says, I'm afraid for you, not for myself. So, you know, like, you know where this is going. Yeah. And she reaches through the screen and tears at his face. And he staggers no. out to the confessional. She runs after him. She's muttering something in Latin. Yeah. Which I didn't catch. There was no the, closed captioning. Yeah, yeah the, there was no. There was no captioning on that bit. Um, she climbs on top of the priest and bites his face. You know... Uh, people frown upon this behavior. Yeah. Everybody yeah. worships according to their own, you know, creed. Maybe that was just how she da- takes confession. They're so judgy. She like literally takes it by biting <laughs> off his face. Like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you okay. didn't want your face clawed off and bitten. So she, <laughs> my bad. So she stands back up and her body contorts really weirdly. Didn't it, though? And her back breaks, and she collapses to the floor. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, something ain't right with her. I think like, I, okay. I think I read that comic. Um, Possessed or drugged or whatever, what have you, my body would not do that. <laughs> my body would be like, no. Have you seen PCP? It's a nasty, nasty drug. Uh, I still don't think my body could do that. But yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we cut over to Doyle. And he's sitting in his study, and he's staring at the paper in his typewriter. Yeah. And he takes out a picture of his childhood home. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was at first, but you see the picture of the little boy sitting there. Yeah. He says, and he looks at it, and then he looks at an offer to purchase a house. Yep. I thought he was given an offer to for his own house, the house he lives in. Oh, okay. That was my understanding. That's why you had the big epiphany, like almost at the very end, you were like, Oh yeah, I was confused. I thought that this, the offer of, of purchase was for the house he lived in. He's having trouble writing. He's got writer's block. He's hurting for money. He has to sell his house. Okay. That's the perspective I came in at. Okay. Okay. I was wrong. Yes, you were. So, uh, so he finishes off some alcohol. Yeah. He's day drinking. It's fine. Which is awesome. I've never done that before. Always a great idea. So, of course, the next thing we know, our little trio ends up at the church to examine uh, Molly is her name. Yep. Molly's body. And so Houdini asks Stratton if she's found out anything more about uh, Nigel's death there. And she's like, "Mm, not talking about it. I'm at work now, you, you know, you loser. not now. So uh, Doyle is diving headfirst into this investigation. Very much so. saying that she died of stress-provoked vernacular fibrillation. 
lots of fancy words. <laughs> and basically, she was frightened to death. Yeah. Uh, and Houdini makes a note that Doyle looks a little worse than usual. And he's like, ah, oh, my children were up late last night. Yeah. No big. Uh, so the priest comes over and he claims that Molly was possessed by some sort of demon, as you do. Because, you know, when you're in confessional, it has to be demon, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, but Houdini's just like, nah, she was just sick. So, of course, I immediately think that's not it. Yeah. Because it's never the first thing Houdini thinks. <laughs> uh, but apparently Houdini doesn't believe in Lucifer. And he's just like, she was just insane. It's fine. But uh, Doyle points out these uh, blemishes on her neck. Which yeah. I could barely really even notice. Yeah, like I could almost take that to be blood splatter or f- almost even freckles. Yeah, I would have thought freckles. But they made it look like... They made it sound like it looked more prominent than it yeah, did. Yeah, it didn't look very prominent to me. I mean, it looked odd once they pointed it out, but I couldn't see anything of it. It was just there. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. Okay. Uh, but Stratton notices that uh, Molly's clothing is institutional. Mm-hmm. And there's a tag on it. It says BRH, which is the Bethlehem Royal Hospital. Bedlam! Better known as Bedlam. <laughs> so if it's Bethlehem Royal Hospital, why is it called Bedlam? Uh, like, because Bedlam is synonymous with chaos and crazy, and it's, it's just a, it's a nasty Bethlehem, nickname. Bedlam, okay. It's yeah. a play on words. But, like, you know how, um, we talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate a lot in this, <laughs> but, um... <laughs> It's the same era. You know the little hints on the, or not the little hints, little history tidbits you get on the screen yeah, as yeah. it's loading? Yeah. Well, it's the same kind of thing as the, the prisons that became like the pen, the, yes. you know, pen, Penville prison became the pen, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently the Brits like to nickname things, which is totally, okay. which is totes cool. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. So of course we all go to Bedlam. Right. Uh, Doyle. 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 Doyle dismisses it. He's like, "Oh, this is just a snake pit. It's it's nothing. Uh, It's terrible." So they go in and they meet with uh, first meet with Doctor Pilsen, and he's like, "Molly should never have been released. She had a weak heart. She had a history of delusions, and that this other doctor authorized her release. He would never have done it." Doctor Randall. Yeah. The bad doctor. So we have good doctor, bad doctor. Good doctor, bad doctor, right away. Uh, and he goes on about how Randall hopes to cure fear itself and that he has some, you know, there's some things that, that look like they're good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he insists that Randall won't do it again. And uh, because he's he been adheres, severely reprimanded. Yes, he has. And uh, Dr. Pilsen adheres to a strict regimen of electroshock and lobotomy because that's great. Yeah, right away I was like, oh, this is not good. No. Because, but I will say, like, okay, electroshock is still used today, not as heavily. But it's and it's used differently. It's yes, it's used more um, strategically, more focused. Not just like have some electricity. Yeah. I, I knew a woman who'd had who uh, was Carrie going Fisher through. swears by it. Yes, Carrie Fisher says that she can tell when she needs a treatment. She swears by it. But um, but yeah, it and we don't lobotomize anymore. No. So, yeah. Although I have days where I'm like, just lobotomize. It's I frightening, just, though, like, that that was just a, a just... A go-to. That was an option. It was a go-to, yeah. Oh. And it was pretty com- fairly common. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Pilsen takes him to the main room, and he insists that he has improved the living conditions since he's been there. And you're like, for the really? You're like, yeah, whatever. It looks pretty shitty. Yeah. So, a patient comes up to Doyle and introduces himself as none other than Sherlock Holmes. I could hear you squealing. Okay, because I 
I tried to kind of half spoil myself. Um, I got excited and started looking through episode titles. And when I saw Bedlam, I like freaked the fuck out. And I looked at the cast list and I was like, there is somebody credited as Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) But there are not one, not two, but three patients. And he almost tells him like in a disapproving, like, well, there's three of them. Like, God, Doyle, why did you do this to people? I was like, that's rude. But the current Holmes in this scene, uh, Let's Doyle know that there are at least 87 times in which he has portrayed him inaccurately and plans to contact his solicitor. Did you notice he was doing hands behind backs? I did. Yeah. Hands behind backs. Yep. Uh, So an orderly leads him away. Not now, Holmes. Not now. Not now. Uh, But Pilsen says that uh, possession is a common delusion. Uh, And he admits that there was one patient uh, who was a former priest whose name was Nathaniel. And he's made him believe that possession may very well be real. Uh, he provokes several other patients and Doyle wants to see their records in case they were released and Pilsen refuses to release the files and Doyle's like I'll appeal to the Lord Chief Justice (laughs) yeah like already he's like he doesn't for, for being something's not right with Doyle in this place for being a famous guy he does not throw his weight around yeah um but usually that's Houdini be yeah. like, hey, how you doing? But yeah. yeah, he like he escalated very quickly. Well, and you see Houdini watching him in the background. Oh yeah, something's yeah. not right. He's looking out for Bay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's something very, very different about Doyle. Yeah. And all exactly. this, he's much more tense. Mm-hmm. He's not as relaxed. There was no bedding. Yeah. So, all right. So we go back to Doyle's home. This is a very Doyle focused episode, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, and he calls said Chief Justice, but he's at lunch. Yeah. And Doyle takes it out on um, some pages in his trash. Yeah. His son comes in. He wants to play football. Doyle, not so much. He's very irritable. He's working. And the boy breaks. It was. And the boy breaks into tears. Yeah, I felt really bad. Poor baby Kingsley. (sighs) But Doyle remembers his own father telling him the same thing when he was a little boy. And that's just sad. Yeah. So we cut to an exorcist being perform let's say an exorcist performs a ritual on simon fleming okay um who in turn insists that christ is a myth and then goes into convulsions yeah when he is sprinkled with holy water yeah fun times so of course they're called in to examine this person and he is any kaputskis yes he is catatonic and he's wearing the release clothes from bedlam so they're like well this is a pattern so guess what uh but houdini's only interested in doyle and his breath smells like whiskey. And yeah. he deduces that Doyle has writer's block. And Doyle admits that keeping Holmes dead is more effort than he thought it would be. And yeah. Houdini's like, well, bring him back. It's fine. Yeah. And right away, I'm like, good job, Houdini. He's like, just bring Holmes back. Well, I, mean, I, can't, I mean, I will. I understand. I know that Doyle hated Sherlock. He yeah. really did. But I mean. Well, and it, it always struck me as like. I intellectually I understand like he just kind of like was like whatever I'll write these stories oh fuck they're really popular and then he wants to pour his like heart and soul into something about the Bayo War something he actually cares about so it became really really popular but like I can't get behind you shitting on something that you did that so many people find such joy in and still do to this and still do and so yeah that's what it's it's always kind of bothered me about Doyle is it's like yeah, okay, but everybody loves this. And shut the fuck up. <laughs> so. Doyle was a bit of an ass. Yeah. Um, 
But in the meantime, Stratton notices the same blemishes on uh, Simon's neck. And Doyle gets pen and paper and connects them to form a star. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get a star and out even, of that? Even Houdini was like, what are you, connecting the dots now? Like, yes. what are you doing? You could, you could do anything with that. Yeah. Again, they look like freckles. I would never have seen nope. a star and all of that, or a pentagram, whatever you want to call it. Never. But it matches the mark of uh, Abaddon ah! in a book that Stratton has on satanic rituals. Ah! Why the fuck does Stratton have a book on satanic rituals? You have your hand raised. Okay. You're my demon person. Sure. Um, so, of course, you know the only way I know Abaddon is from Supernatural. Um, except I don't, was it Abaddon? Yeah. I was thinking that her name was different. No. Okay. Um, so is this consistent, is Houdini and Doyle consistent with Demon Abaddon or did you look I into it? I didn't even look. Okay. I didn't even look. Which um, they call, they kept calling it Abaddon and I'm like, it's not Yeah, Abaddon, it. Abaddon, it's not quite the same. It was the way, that, well, you know, the British pronounce things differently. I know, and that's what I was hoping to chalk it up for. I'm like, please don't let me be the, well, I won't say I've been produ- I've been pronouncing it the way Supernatural did, and they pronounced it Abaddon. Yeah, they pronounced it more more correctly. Um, more correctlier. Okay, and I believe we've looked into Abaddon as, in Cause I think Sleepy it, Hollow. Yeah, because I think they referenced Abaddon for Sleepy Hollow, um, for possession, if I'm not mistaken. It, well, it's uh, referenced as both a place of destruction and the name of an angel. Okay. Um, uh, interesting that it's become a demon it's uh like a realm of the dead it's a bottomless pit um that sounds lovely uh in the book of revelon an angel called abaddon is described as the king of an army of locusts so abaddon's just trying to chill with yeah, their locusts i think abaddon gets a bad rep that's kind of what it's sounding like yeah uh, but Abaddon is described as a destroyer, the angel of the abyss, the king of the plague of locusts, resembling horses with ground, with crowned human faces, women's hair, lion's teeth, wings, iron breastplates, and a tail with a scorpion stinger that torments for five months anyone who does not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Well, alrighty then. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, you can read all kinds of shit into that. So I don't, I don't think there's any. I just think they used a, a biblical name. It was name. a name people knew. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, okay. But uh, in this particular satanic book that uh, Stratton happens, happens to, to have, have, you know, uh, just like you do, <laughs> Abaddon uh, paralyzes his victims with fear and feeds on their souls, leaving his mark. Yep. But Houdini's like, nope, it's a spontaneous allergic reaction. He just wants to know why Stratton has a book on rituals, like all of us. Yeah. So she shows him this other page uh, with a symbol that matches the one on her husband's, uh, whose name is Benjamin, on his ring that we saw when they were sneaking around her house. Yep. Um, It's the insignia of a Polish anarchist group who have conducted a bunch of bombings. Yeah. And Stratton figures that her husband was trying to stop them, and that's why he was killed. And then they suddenly get the warrant from the, uh, you know, saved by the bell. Yeah. They get the warrant from uh, the chief lord justice. So they go back to Bedlam. (sighs) And uh, Much back and forth thing. Yeah. So the doctor has them take uh, an orderly to take them to uh, see Nathaniel. Right, Who right. is restrained. Who doesn't look creepy at all. Not at all. And they talk about how he has uh, he has a straight jacket looking thing on and Houdini makes some snide <laughs> comment. <laughs> of course he does. Just like it. And I'm like, that's not a jacket. That's like a dress. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he's restrained. He's, t- he's chained, literally chained to, to the, the wall. wall. And he's got... <laughs> Sorry, the dogs got excited. Just a little bit. It's, <laughs> it's okay. So uh, so he's got the pentagram on his forehead. Right. And he says he's been waiting for them. Oh, God. Uh-huh. That's not tropey at all. Yeah. And he explains that Molly and Simon were his acolytes. And he says that the beast must be fed and their souls are gone. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, okay, <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> I had to. Um, he says he corrupts these souls so that Abaddon can feed on them. And so Doyle asks Nathaniel what, what his greatest fear is. And Daniel says, it's that you're weak. And he lunges at them like you didn't see that coming. Like the second you saw him chained to the wall, you knew that yeah, was going to happen. There's going to be a lunge. Okay. And so, of course, they leave. So back at the office, uh, Houdini dismisses Nathaniel as a cold reader. And I'm with him on that. Yeah. And so, you know, Nathaniel's just trying to get credit for what's going on. Yeah. Doyle and Stratton are like, nope, he's possessed. <laughs> so they go through these files and they find uh, six patients that were close to Nathaniel, but one of them's dead. And uh, so Doyle tells Houdini and Stratton to go, go check them out. And yeah. I'm going to go talk to Randall. Uh, but once they leave, he takes this one file, stuffs it in the newspaper, and takes it out with him. Yeah. Clearly. So you're like, uh-oh, shit's gone down. Something right. So Doyle goes to meet with Randall, who shows him uh, sketches. Randall is showing Doyle sketches that patients have made of Abaddon. Um, yeah. Thinking, and he thought that Molly and Simon were cured. Now, this is the bad doctor, Yes, this way. is the doctor that is who, trying to cure fear, right? Yes. Okay. Who, by gotcha. the way, is a man of color. Yes, he is. And it is never brought up. In a position of authority. Never brought up yeah. this entire episode. It was great. Colorblind casting, thank you. Yeah. This show is so good at that, except when they're not. Yeah. So, um... But he explains that Pilsen encouraged Nathaniel to have contact with other patients. And according to... That seems really dumb. According to this doctor, the other doctor, the good Is doctor... Bad. ...believes that they terrify the patients, they'll run, they'll, they'll run to God. Um, but Doyle insists that Pilsen's treatments are barbaric and, and warns... And they sound it. This they is the do. guy that lobotomizes people. Yeah, he wants to lobotomize them all. And he warns Randall that he's going to search the place and find out what's going on here and ask if he can count on Randall's help. And Randall offers him a cup of tea. Yep. So, speaking of tea... Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> just wanted to remind our listeners that they can email us feedback on... Feedback? Feedback. Feedback. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with it. Uh, on Houdini and Doyle or any of our other shows, they can uh, email us at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com. Or they can get us on the Twitters at randomtcasts. Or they can get us on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. And if that's a little bit much for you to uh, remember, you can just go to our website at randomtpodcast.com and all that garbage is out there. <laughs> It's All that on quality, the quality content. <laughs> quality trash <laughs> is out there. So, And while you're at our website, you can check out our other podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, we also cast for um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We do. And there's two seasons of Agent Carter. Yep. And um, we have Gotham out there as well. Gotham. Uh, there's three seasons of Sleepy Hollow. Yep. Uh, we have a Marvel Cinematic Universe feed. And then there's the Random Movies feed, which is pretty in much anything that's not Marvel. Right, right. Are we missing one? Yes. This one. The oh, mini, okay. The mini, mini series. Okay. The one that we're doing right now. The one that, the one that they're listening to the already? The one that we're on. So they know it exists because they're listening to it? Yes, that's the one. Gotcha. Awesome. Got that covered. We're awesome. professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> professional podcasting. All right. Uh, what am I forgetting? 
What else can they find on our website? Um, they can find a link to our Amazon affiliate. Cool. Um, which How does is, that work? Uh, Amazon has everything you could possibly ever want. And so if you would like to click through to our link, you buy things you normally would. The price stays the same. And we get a little tiny cut of it. And every little bit goes to our uh, help support our hosting and everything because we give you guys unlimited storage. And that ain't free. Yeah, we actually just renewed. So, um, but if, you know, shopping at Amazon's not your style, or if you just want to directly donate to us, there's a link on our front page uh, for that too. Yeah. So, and 100 bucks gets you a podcast. I know. And like I said, we'll even, we'll even do porn. (laughs) For 100 bucks, you'll do porn. Yeah. Not like, I mean, I'll, I'll podcast about it. Nobody, nobody wants that. I, I, I I will podcast about porn. I spoke that wrong. I apologize. I was yeah. just going to hang you out to dry, wasn't I? Uh-huh. Good job there, partner. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, we know your price. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't that it ain't, expensive. You can't afford me. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> I think we should get back to it. Prob- uh, so, Doyle goes probably. to his childhood home. Yeah, and, and that's not depressing at all. With alcohol, he brings, he brings yes, some alcohol he with him. he brings it with him. Which is always a great idea. And the stolen file. Oh. And he lets himself in. Uh-huh. And he has some flashbacks remember, uh, with orderlies taking his dad away. Um, and he goes and sits at his father's desk because that's not depressing. Yeah. And he takes a drink and he goes to the file. And he's reading. And he's drinking. And the report refers to his father's alcoholism. And he's reading. And he's drinking. And Pilsen was the attending physician. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And he is upset. So while Doyle is having his little pity party, uh, Houdini meets up with Stratton at Scotland Yard. Mm-hmm. And she informs him that four of the five released patients have been found and they're detained and they're cool. They're okay. Yeah. Um, but Houdini points out. And they're that- not exhibiting oh. any any uh, bad behavior or anything like that. Again, sorry, the dogs are worked up they're tonight. Happy. Um, so, but Houdini points out that Stratton set aside a file when he came in. And so she's finally learned to not hide anything from him and to just show him. Because he's going to figure it out anyway. Yeah. Nosy bastard. I know, right? It's the uh, coroner's report on Nigel. And it shows that Nigel's death was ruled as suspicious. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, Stratton explains that uh, her husband was Nigel's business partner. And the police believe that her husband gambled all of their money away. And Nigel thought that Benjamin embezzled it and knew where it was. And he was trying to open an investigation into Benjamin's death. But Mm -hmm. Stratton explains that her husband took her to the Eiffel Tower so they could kiss at the top of the world. And I'm still trying to figure out what on earth that has to do with embezzling. He was a giant nerd. like. Um, But insists that... She says he was a romantic. And I'm like, you can be a romantic and embezzle money. At the same time. In fact, sometimes embezzling money helps you be more romantic. There you go. Just Trip to Paris. Saying. Just saying. Sometimes. Uh, but Houdini's not convinced. As he yeah. should not be. So we go back to Doyle. And he finds a letter glued between some pages? I don't know. Like, the only Who thing does is, that? I don't know what made him start to try to pry those pages apart. I think he might have seen the shadow of it between the pages. I wish they would have given me more of a reason yeah. for, other than just, to believe okay, that. the directions say I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Maybe they cut a scene out. Maybe. We can hope for it. That's always my go-to answer. Yeah. Maybe editing. Um, but it's apparently a letter that his father wrote that's Aww. in his file that's stuck between Pilsen's... What? It's... Yeah. I don't understand that. But uh, Pilsen was forcing him to worship Abaddon. Well, you know... 
Um, and that he confronted Pilsen, says that he knows what he did. And, um, oh, he goes to, does he go to Pilsen at this point? Yeah. yeah. He, okay. In a drunken rage. Uh, he accuses him of torturing his father, and Pilsen realizes that Doyle has been drinking, and then Doyle grabs him and says he's going to prison, and the orderlies all come in and pull, pull Doyle away. Gosh, golly, I wonder where this is going. Yeah. Um, but Pilsen says, it's for your own good. And so they take Doyle and lock him up the exact same cell where his father was. See, okay, this is what's kind of terrifying about the way the system used to be was just, okay, you're crazy. I'm going to lock you up. Okay, great. And it's kind of scary. A little bit. So, yeah, I think that's. But we learn later that that this is where it starts. Yes. Yes. This is the scene in which the dream-like Delusion. delusions has started. He, yeah. uh, he never left. Yeah. So, this, I mean, I'm assuming everybody who's listening to this has seen this episode. God, I hope so. Uh, if not, you're too late. Sorry. But that's, this is where it starts. So, this never happened. Yeah. yeah. This is all in Doyle's head. Yeah. From here on out, it's in Doyle's head. Yeah. You have to remember that. Yeah. So, back at the Scotland Yard... Uh, Houdini confirms that Doyle's not back yet. And yeah. he's like, Stratton, there's something going on at Bedlam. And he says, I'm going back to, uh, back there to look into it further. And Stratton's like, we should go find Doyle first. Yeah. So we go back to, uh, where Doyle is in his cell and he's got a new roommate and it's Sherlock Holmes himself. <gasps> Yay! Um, and the guard ignores Doyle's, uh, protestations and Holmes deduces that Doyle has been drinking wonder how he figured that out can't imagine how he knew that uh he suggests that doyle suffers from fear and wonders what has wounded him so profoundly and holmes asks why doyle killed his fictional counterpart and doyle insists that his creation stood in the way of something more profound so i'm guessing he means he's talking about moriarty yeah yeah uh, in hindsight, uh, the patient points out that would be, uh, yeah, points out that paints, wow, paints, paints out that Doyle killed off Holmes after his father died. And don't, did, is this what you looked into? No, I, well, I looked into his dad and his dad did pass away in 1893. Um, and I'll have, to do, I'll research okay. when Holmes died. Okay. Quote unquote died. So uh, Houdini and Stratton are on the awesome train set that Arwell built. And Stratton is saying that she confirmed that uh, Charles, who was Doyle's father, uh, was a patient at Bedlam. And he died there eight years ago. Quick scene. So we go. And the math is right, at least. Okay. So he did. Sherlock Holmes was killed off after. No, no, no. The math is right on his dad. I'm still looking into that. Oh, okay. All right, so, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to oh, you're fine. jump in there. Um, hold on, uh, 1893, December 1893. So do we know when his dad died? 1893. But do we know when in 1893? Uh, October. Ooh. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And um, since we've, we're talking about it and I've already looked it up, um, his dad was, uh, he's, he was moved to a nursing home specializing in alcoholism in 1881. Um, so that's quite a while. Um, but his depression got worse and then he started getting seizures. And so then he was sent to not Bedlam. Um, he was sent to, uh, Sunnyside, um, which is, uh, and then he died. He ended up, he got kind of got bounced around to institution to institution and he died at the Crichton Royal Institute. Um, so he did die institutionalized, but it just wasn't at Bedlam. Okay. But yeah, he, I didn't even think about that. He died 
right before Holmes dis- or uh, huh. Doyle decided to kill off Holmes in the final problem. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we go back to Doyle, who is hallucinating. Uh, and Holmes is still analyzing him and of he uh, is. figures that uh, his father was proud of him when he became a doctor, but then hated it when Doyle turned to writing. Yeah. And asked, uh, is, did his dad ever acknowledge him as a writer? And he ignores the question. But Holmes suggests that Doyle investigate from the inside. Since you're here, you know, check it yeah. out. So Doyle begins to focus on Nathaniel. And he points out that the patients were given a fear-inducing poison in one of uh, Doyle's uh, Holmes novels. Yeah. So. <gasps> <gasps> Is this when they mentioned the ergot? I, ergot. It's not in my notes. Okay. So I'm going to go with no. Okay, then I'm just jumping the gun here. So, <laughs> back at Doyle's house, not his father's house, but yeah. back at the Doyle house, uh, Houdini and Stratton find Doyle's discarded bottles and his paperwork to sell his father's house. Yeah. And the housemaid confirms that Doyle isn't there, and Stratton tries to reassure uh, this little boy, which yes. is really sad. Which, uh, it was nice to see Kingsley without Mary, because we've seen Mary without Kingsley. Yeah, Let's yeah. Let's be fair to the children. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to Doyle. And he says that he needs to see Nathaniel. And so Holmes yells for the guards, claiming that Doyle is ill, and the guard runs in. They knock him out, and they take the keys. Awesome. So they go see Nathaniel, and the man says that he can still smell the fear on Doyle. And I'm like, that's just the whiesky. Just like he did on Charles. It's just the whiesky. Uh, And Doyle points out that uh, Charles died eight years ago before Nathaniel ever came here. Yeah. But he and Nathaniel insist that Bedlam is everywhere. And that he works for Abaddon, not Pilsen. Okay, drama queen. And then snaps his own neck. Yeah. Seriously, drama queen. So We were both like, well, Well, there you go. Yeah. So Pilsen runs in with the orderlies and assumes that Doyle killed Nathaniel, as you do. And Holmes is like, I had nothing to do with it. I was over here. He dragged me in here. And Mm -hmm. Pilsen gives Doyle a sedative. So Doyle hallucinated his own sedative. Right, right. Um, and the guards take him away, of course. And then Doyle wakes up a little while later in an operating theater, and Pilsen's going to lobotomize him, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor says that he could have saved Charles's life if he had done the same thing for him and begins to operate. Oh. And there's much screaming. and So we go back to Houdini and Stratton, who go to Doyle's first home, and they don't find anybody there. Yep. Um, back to the bedlam. But they do find his little nest of crazy yes where he's been at he's been at the desk and all this other stuff yeah. so uh, yeah. well there's a lot of jumping back and forth here yes because they're uh, frantically trying to find him yeah uh yeah because she promised she uh promises her son the kingsley stratton promises kingsley yeah that he you know find her dad and all that so uh holmes enters the room and asks pilsen to stop and apologizes in advance for knocking out pilsen which was sweet of him yeah that was nice uh and then they doyle and and, and holmes run which is just a strange sentence to say <laughs> now that I've said it. Yeah. Didn't think, just weird. didn't think we'd go there. So Doyle wonders how Holmes knew about uh, the poison and was cut for the novel before it was published. Dun, dun, dun. But Holmes avoids the question. And they leave through the uh, outside door and they find themselves back in their cell. <gasps> and that's when Houdini finds Doyle unconscious on the floor behind the desk at his father's house. Yeah. So in his hallucination... Doyle is insisting that nothing makes sense, and Holmes reminds him of the famous line, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains is true. 
since everything there is impossible, he has gone through the looking glass. Yeah. Um, and he does the crazy, like, stereotypical head shake where he's like, he ruffles his hair. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Stephen did so well with Because we're used to seeing Doyle very dapper and very always together, put together. Like, he will never, like, Houdini keeps, keeps trying to get him to express his. Yeah his fears and everything with his wife dying and you know like doyle trims his mustache with like a, a ruler and you know he's he like that nerd oh, yeah. he is yeah so um doyle realizes that everything all this is a delusion and he's been given ergot and he's uh he's dying mm-hmm. which really kind of sucks yeah so uh they uh, houdini and stratton get doyle to a host to a real hospital mm-hmm. and the doctor there concludes that doyle has been poisoned um, but he doesn't know which one. Right. But Houdini realizes it's Ergo. Ergot. Ergo? <laughs> the snails. So, <laughs> so uh, which is crazy because Houdini's first guess is never right. Of, yeah. But Stratton wants to know how he knew. And Houdini says it was a very lucky guess. And uh, the nursemaid or the housemaid brings in the kids, which is totally crazy. They shouldn't be there. Um. But Stratton assures the children, father's going to be fine. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. Um, but they refuse to leave their father. But the doctor warns that without an antidote, antidote, there's nothing he can do. And Houdini says, I'll get one. And grabs Stratton and they leave. And um, this is the, ergot is the same, um, it was a bacteria or fungus. It's a fungus, isn't it? Um, that, oh, yes, it's, it's, it's okay. a fungus that, um, they think might have been involved in the Salem witch trials and all oh, that that's crazy. Right. That's right. Because now one yeah. of one, now one of the scholarly theories is that um, everybody was just tripping balls, and that's why they were seeing devils and shit. Yeah, that's and that's why there was mass hysteria. And you know, you've got this whole group of girls that you know says they saw this thing. Well. The popular theory for a long time was just everybody was just lying, and it was you know mm-hmm. it was political, but. It, they might have all been seeing shit. Yeah. It's kind of scary. But my personal belief has always been that it's all it was all about greed. Yeah. Getting the women out. And the women should not have owned land. The men wanted possession yeah. of it. And Yeah, they were Puritans greedy. weren't real uh, feminist. Yeah, no, they, they really were not. They weren't with the feminism. And so, of course, they blamed the women for all this stuff. And they possibly could have used the poison to create a lot of that. But it was all about the politics. Yeah. Every bit of it. Yeah. It's, a, it's what it all was. This could have just exacerbated it. Oh, it didn't help. Exacerbated it, if but I can talk. that's a whole other story. Yes. But I just thought that was interesting, because I was like, that's the witch trial thing. And Mrs. Crane should not have been buried in that graveyard, damn it. <laughs> I'm not letting that go. They would never have buried her there. We're not even doing a Sleepy Hollow podcast anymore. Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> she, Katrina, should not have been buried in that graveyard. She was a witch. And everybody knew she was a witch. She should not have been buried in the sec- sec- consecrated consecrated sacred consecrated ground consecrated i got it out of my system okay so anyway holmes is telling doyle (laughs) that he's got to find a way out of his mind but then tui appears and she tells doyle to stop looking for a cure because she feels great she's like i'm good awesome this is the best i have ever felt yeah so houdini stratton take the train and I'm bouncing over here like I'm on a train. Mm-hmm. And she is, too. <laughs> Stratton figures that the two dead patients uh, were in Bethlehem when they were poisoned. So Houdini's like, okay, we've got Randall and we've got Pilsen are the only ones with access to the victims. And the only time Doyle wasn't with them was when he was with Randall. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be Randall. So they go and find Randall. 
and figured that he's trying to inoculate people uh, against fear by exposing them to it, like uh, like a vaccine. Yeah. Which, hello, Dr. Crane from Gotham. I know. Right. This I'm, felt very like early Scarecrow. Very much, which is possibly where the story of Scarecrow came from. Maybe. From some of this Victorian era type Crazy medicine. town. I know, right? But Dr. Rand was like, nope, wasn't me. Um, but they figure out that he administered the ergot in the tea. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Who drank tea? Um, and that he has an antidote because he wouldn't accidentally dose, dose yeah. himself. But Houdini tells him that he's laced his tea with Ergo and he better produce the antidote. And Randall says that he was, oh, I'm so close. Please don't do it. And Houdini's like, you want to die for this? And he's like, nope, here's the antidote. Yeah. So Houdini uh, heads back to the hospital. In the hallucination, um, Doyle and Dewey have this nice little picnic lunch. But he realizes that she's not real. Yeah. And then we flash to Houdini. He's running through the streets. How many times are they going to make him say goodbye to his wife? Uh, every episode. Like, this is getting a little much. It really is. Um, but Houdini's trying to save the day. And Tui says it doesn't matter if she's real or not. And she kisses him. Aww. Yeah. And says the feelings that are real. And that's all that matters. Mm. But Doyle's like, nope, I got to go back. Um, Tui's like, but you'll have to watch me die. And uh, why are you going back? All this is just pain and crap and stuff. He's like, yeah, but it's not real. Yeah. And if the pain's not real, then the joy isn't real. And yeah. he apologizes and says goodbye. And then two, he goes. Yeah. Do you like my sound effects? I, I do. I always enjoy your sound effects. So um, lights are flickering in uh, and Holmes is back. And he says Doyle is dying because, you know, I guess that's the little. This is the massive surge of euphoria. euphoria. Mm-hmm. Blood vessels are constricting and. Um, but wonders how, uh, how he could do it. Um, but Holmes is like, he has to eliminate his misery and his dad appears. Yeah, that's why this didn't hurt enough. Let's make it worse. I know. So, um, Charles tells Doyle that he's losing his mind. Like we didn't know that. Yeah. So Houdini runs to the hospital, but he trips over a wheelchair dropping the antidote. Yeah. Um, I would like to point (gasps) out that uh, there was a tweet from Michael at this point in the show who said that he actually did run into that guy in the wheelchair who was an actual person in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, But that the guy was like a former athlete or something and that he had really strong arms and they, the act, the guy in the wheelchair really wanted him to make it real. Yeah. So they did. And so that was awesome. Yeah. I I like, I like Michael's little tidbits. I know he has some of the, some of the best ones. He's really fun to, to, to live watch him live tweet yeah so uh charles admits that he's a terrible father and no dur and we all it's it's all about doyle's writing it always comes back to doyle's writing um he points out that sherlock was contemptuous of everything that he was and doyle created him to get back at his father okay his dad was an artist yeah Ah. Fictional story. Yeah. This is a fictional story about a fictional character. Yeah. So. <laughs> Inside another fictional character that was a historical character's mind palace. Yes, but Arwell bit the set. So yes. that's all that truly matters. Yeah. But uh, Doyle admits that it's that his father's right and says the best day of his life was when they took his father away. So back in the hospital bed, the real Doyle is convulsing as Houdini arrives without the antidote. <gasps> Bay. I know. It was all very like, you know anxiety inducing like we knew he was going to be okay but still are you sure yes so uh charles tells doyle that it was no one's fault what happened and doyle says it was horrifying to have a lunatic as a father and his father explains how he knew he was going insane and drank to try don't feel conceal 
Yeah, um, that always works. But the despite but despite all of that, the insanity took everything away, his work and his wife and his children. Yeah. And um when he read Doyle's work is when he came to despise him. I was <gasps> like, Wow, that's really shitty, thanks. Yeah, it is. So then Stratton arrives at the hospital. <gasps> And Charles admits that he was a disappointment as an artist. He was always jealous of Doyle's brilliance, and um, there was no obituary when he died. Yeah, well, you sucked, so you didn't get one. Uh, the world mourned Sherlock's death, and he couldn't tell Doyle he was proud of him because he was weak and petty. Yep. Um, but his father says that he despised himself and then hugs Doyle. Oh, we get a hug. Admitting- Doyle is self-therapying himself. He, he is. Um, but he, he admits that he didn't have the courage to do it when he was alive. And Holmes looks on. Doyle breaks into tears. It's all terribly it's dramatic. All, yeah, but it's there's a lot of emotion in this scene. There is. There is. And I thought it was well acted. It really was. I'm kind of playing it over because it's... Yeah. I don't do emotions. Ugh. She, it made you feel feelings? It did. And the whole time, you know that Doyle's going to break snap himself out of this. Holmes, of course. Holmes, he gave himself the answer. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. So Doyle stops convulsing and then Doyle thanks his father for the hug and then his father realizes that Doyle knows that he's just a figment of his imagination and advises his son to take his word for it that the real Charles felt the same way. Oh. Yeah. So then Doyle wakes up. Yay! Yay! And there's his kids and they come over and Doyle tells his uh, son that he was cross at himself and not at him. I love that he started right off with, I'm sorry I was a dick basically. Pretty much, Yeah. Because I felt really bad for Kingsley. I did too. And he tells him that Holmes uh, told him that Randall was the killer. Stratton says that Houdini realized Doyle was poisoned with the ergot. And Houdini insists that he didn't receive a telepathic message from Doyle. I think he did. Yeah. He thought it really, really hard. Yeah. But then they argue and argue and argue. And Stratton tells Houdini to let Doyle have the last She's word. She's like, would you just, just let, stop? Just let Children, have it. Children. So then... Um, Don't make me turn this hospital bed around. <laughs> so in our epilogue, uh, we see Doyle signs the papers, and he looks around his former home one last time, and he goes and looks in the... Why would he look in the back of the piano? I don't Cause, know. Cause Why Because his dad said that's where he stored his alcohol. Oh, okay. He made a point of saying, like, I was so screwed up, like, I used yeah, to hide alcohol in the, in the piano. So he finds his father's alcohol, eight years old, and the piano... Uh, well, no, he was, dad left it. he was institutionalized. He died eight years. He was institutionalized, at least if we're oh, following damn. history, since uh, 81. So if it's whiskey, you're saying this was some this damn good. Some good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was institutionalized for 12 years before his death. Shit. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, because Doyle was a little boy. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's um, why it confused me, at, like, the first watch, because I was like, wait a minute, he was a little boy when his dad got taken away, but then I looked into it, and I was like, oh, my God, he, like, stayed in institutions and just had a really bad decline, so I felt, God, I felt even worse then. Yeah. Um, but he, along with it, he finds a story that Doyle wrote as a little boy, and he smiles... <sighs> And he leaves, so he believed himself after all. Um, but uh, Houdini returns back to his hotel suite and checks on his sleeping mother. Oh! And then back at Scotland Yard, Stratton is looking through some files and stuff, but then she finds a note on her desk telling her to stop investigating Nigel's death. Yep. Or die. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. super subtle in red ink. Yeah, um, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is like two episodes in a row that we get that sudden... 
story, the overall story arc, a yeah. sudden development right there at the end, dun, 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 to hook you for the next episode. I yeah. don't, I don't really care for that style of uh, writing. No, and we only have three episodes left. Yeah, we got to get somewhere. Yeah, and because we've we've teased the Stratton business, and we haven't really gotten a whole lot of information about her. Mm-mm. So I'm guessing they're going to have to focus pretty heavily on her in the next couple episodes, because this seems like a big conspiracy type thing that happened to her husband oh yeah oh yeah uh well do you have anything else with this episode because i kind of want to talk about the trailer for the next week (gasps) no that's okay okay so if you don't want to hear about the trailer thanks for listening (gasps) okay so bram stoker yeah (laughs) um the vampire people are supposed to be in this next episode yes and i just okay so we're not getting any more stratton yeah (laughs) what the fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, so vampires. Yeah, and it sounded like the actual Bram Stoker. Yeah. So that should be interesting. That's not good. I don't, I, have you ever actually, I don't think you have, you ever actually read Bram Stoker's Dracula? No. It's not the great literary Well, like, piece. okay, I am, and I will freely admit this, I was in gifted school, like, my whole life, and when it came time to read this great work of literature, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. This kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't have a good appreciation for, um, like, Dickens. Dickens is great. Dickens had great stories. Dickens used a butt-ton of words when, like, two would do. I don't have <laughs> patience for that. My brain is just like, this is garbage. So I don't, a lot of those, you know, the, these classics, like Bram, like Dracula and stuff like that, I don't, my brain doesn't have patience for. Like, I don't do well with older syntax. I don't do well with that kind of, that style of writing. Mm-hmm. So, no. Mm-mm. I've never read that. No. So, I didn't think so. I'm a uh, heathen. See, I never cared for Dickens. Uh, I read Bram Stoker's Dracula because, as a fan of horror, it was an obligation. You goth kid. I know. I read it well after high school. This was, it was, I read it on purpose. Um, it's not great, but it's not bad it's not bad it's not bad okay um and i did a quick search of ram stoker him and doyle actually did know each other oh wow yeah. okay well you know they're both writers so yeah uh so we've done ghosts we've done spring jack did we we haven't done jack the ripper though no we've done faith healer yep we've done psychic yep. fake psychic mm-hmm We've done aliens. <laughs> We've done mental illness and the Bedlam psychiatric, you know, facility, which yep. is kind of scary. Yep. And now we're going to do vampires. Sure. So natural progression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't think you were going to be kind of watching Penny Dreadful a little did bit, not. did you? And I am also watching Penny Dreadful is right Frankenstein now. Frankenstein next? And well, uh, no, we've already had Frankenstein. No, I mean on Houdini and Doyle. Oh, Houdini and Doyle. Yes, very possibly. Yeah. Um, But it's hilarious because Dracula has appeared on Penny Dreadful. So. Well, there you go. (laughs) I'm not hate watching it yet. But you're close. (laughs) But I might be soon. (laughs) Because once you start something like you pretty much always I, follow through i have to see it to the end yeah the only um the only uh exception that makes the rule would be bones because it's you just had to still stop. going i could not yeah 
I went well past you know, when I hated it, but uh, yeah, I couldn't handle it much further. But that is the exception that makes the rule. I yeah. have to finish it. I have to know how it ends. Yeah. So, which much to my detriment, I started Downton Abbey last night. So, <laughs> wish me luck. And you're already hooked. I can't help it. It's awesome. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. Anyway. At least um, it's done so you can binge it. It and, is. It's only know. five five seasons. There's only 52 episodes. Yeah. So it'll be. Yeah. Fun. It's a Brit- It's one of those British shows. Yeah. You can. You can binge it. So. Uh, I have nothing else. I don't either. On Houdini and Doyle. So. But yeah. Looking forward to the rest of the season. I am. We've got three more episodes. Okay. We better get something. So uh, be prepared button. for a lot of Janya word vomit on vampires because she has a lot of feelings. <laughs> Stroker. I do. They're, and they're not good. <laughs> So just get ready for that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks.